Good morning, Orlando. It's Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock. We're glad you're with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, authorities search for a motive in a California shooting spree and Tampa police brief locals on the Seminole Heights killer. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And in this half hour, my take and yours on Jeff Sessions... And Roy Moore on Good Morning Orlando. Good Wednesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Authorities in Northern California are working to learn the motive for a deadly shooting spree that ended at an elementary school. Tehama County Assistant Sheriff Phil Johnston didn't identify the gunman who shot four adults to death yesterday before law enforcement officers killed him. Ten other people, including two boys, are hospitalized with wounds. The spree started at a home in rural Tehama County and moved to the school. Johnston said the gunman had a connection to at least one of the victims. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Police in Tampa are investigating a murder they believe is linked to three other killings in a single neighborhood. Police Chief Brian Dugan told people gathered in the Seminole Heights neighborhood that the killer is an opportunist. But whoever's doing it is taking an opportunity where people are not paying attention or, or they're distracted and they're able to sneak up on them and take their life. And then they're able to vanish under the cover of darkness. The latest victim was shot yesterday morning near a memorial honoring three people who were killed within days of one another in the neighborhood in October. Yesterday's killing happened as a man was ending a phone call with his brother as he was crossing the street to go to the church where he volunteered to feed the homeless. Oh, my goodness. Police believe all four killings are connected because of their proximity to each other and the manner in which the victims were killed. He noted that the victims aren't being robbed, just shot and killed. Dugan assured people that they're working hard to find the killer or killers. Sounds like the uncertainty over whether or not there was a link and we have a serial killer on the loose. There's and now no, they have confirmed that. They have confirmed it. We have yeah. a serial killer here in Florida. Yes, My we do. goodness. Another really sad story. Parents, friends, and school officials are left to wonder why a suicide happened at a Lake County school. The sheriff's office says 17-year-old Seth Sutherland shot himself to death yesterday morning outside Lake Mineola High School. There's no clear reason why Sutherland killed himself, but in a Snapchat message, the senior said, quote, rest in peace, all of you who contributed to this, end quote. Classmates tell the Orlando Sentinel Sutherland was a really nice kid who was friends with everyone and seemed to be fine. Seems like it's got to be a form of bullying, cyberbullying or something, doesn't it? Yes, it does. When he's and suggesting that there, all of these people have had a hand in what's about to happen to me. Well, and for uh, parents who've been concerned about the series 13 Reasons Why, which is a, a television series about a girl who commits suicide right. and then has tapes telling the 13 people why mm-hmm. uh, they contributed to that, that this smells of that as well. Another Snapchat message he had had yesterday or an Instagram post was of the sunrise at Lake Mineola High School at about 7.30 yesterday morning, and his message was, it really is a beautiful world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm. Alabama Republican candidate Senate Roy Moore is getting lots of pressure to quit, but he calls his Senate campaign a spiritual battle. At a Baptist revival service in Jackson last night, Moore showed no sign of ending his campaign. Moore has aggressively denied the claims of five women who accuse him of sexual misconduct when they were teenagers, and he was in his 30s. I've got new polling out of Alabama on Roy Moore with this race now just a couple of weeks out, and uh, he's lost his biggest media ally. We'll hear from that, that person here in a moment. All right. Well, here's some good news. Puerto Rican officials say half of the island's power grid should be up and running today. 
two months after Hurricane Maria devastated the U.S. territory. However, it'll still be months before power is fully restored. The island is working to build a new power grid that can better withstand violent storms. Around 90% of the island's water supply is in good order, along with 75% of telecommunications. Boy, the trend's in the right direction. It has been a horrible problem down there. It was so devastating. We're going to focus in our 7 o'clock hour about how we handle the influx of folks coming from Puerto Rico, a lot of them right here to central Florida. I mean, there are huge issues here, not the least of which the politics could change in the state of Florida as a result of that. And who picks up the tab ultimately? Whose responsibility is it? Local taxpayers, the state, the federal government. My take and the callers at 7 o'clock, Deb. Part of the reason why the governor held that roundtable discussion with county leaders and mayors and community organizations was them telling him, listen, we we can't handle this influx of, of evacuees, of refugees. We're already fast-growing region, one of the fastest. Not 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 this many this fast exactly. is the issue. And we he, can handle growth, but this is a different thing here. And they're saying even if the uh, even if they can find you know resolutions to the housing, the schools may not be able to handle the influx of students. It's already a problem. We'll talk about it. And finally, country music star Blake Shelton is People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. The issue featuring the 41-year-old with hit uh, newsstands this week. Shelton took the honor in stride, telling the magazine, quote, y'all must be running out of people, end quote. He went on to say that he can't wait to throw the honor in the face of fellow coach on The Voice, Adam Levine, who was named People's Sexiest Man Alive in 2013. The way you read that story, it seems like you don't agree. I don't. You were shocked by that. (laughs) Not shocked, because I'd already heard the story. I just, you know... Yeah. He's a not, cutie patootie. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Blake Shelton, and he seems he's like a he's what? A, a cutie patootie. Okay. I mean, he's you know he's, he's okay. Yeah. He, he's not going to make small. He's not going to make a kitten cry. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but <laughs> sexiest man <laughs> alive. Sexiest so, man alive. Yeah. yeah. No. So, do you have someone who you think is? I do. He's kind of looking at you there, Yaffe. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets yeah, out. Yeah, that, that ah. would be the secrets ah. out. That would be the joke of the. No, of the it year. would not. Take that back. <laughs> Take it back. Seriously, though. Take who? it back. No, you'd make a lovely couple. <laughs> I have to think about it. Actually, I have so many choices. Your yes, reaction you just made me laugh. You were just like, what? I know, because I think he's a really nice guy and he is good looking. But the sexiest man alive? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't judge these things. He's only a cutie patootie. He's I only mean, a cutie patootie. He can't be the sexiest man alive if you're just a cutie exactly. patootie. Exactly. That, so that's the, a whole bar above. It's a whole different list. It's cutie exactly, patootie. exactly. Is our work right. here done, at least for now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the pressing story of the day. I'm Apparently. telling you this right now. WFLA News Time at 6.08. Read about America's most dangerous highway, and chances are you will be traveling it at some point today. Boy, really close to home. Really, I considered the most dangerous. Yes, yes, that's the that won't surprise a lot of folks who are out there fighting the battle a couple of times a day with the reconstruction project. Yes, trying to just figure out which lane you're supposed to be in, or if that is a lane. It, it's it's. I want to read about this. Where do we go to do that? Of course, the only place you should ever go. One zero two five wfla dot com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I'm going to share with you here coming up in a moment in a power packed show. A couple of guys I have really, really liked and admired for a long time. 
are both making me very uncomfortable, one more so than the other. I'm talking about Roy Moore and Jeff Sessions, and I want to talk with you about all of this here in a moment. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com alongside the Debmeister and Yaffe. We've got uh, Stephanie, our call screener, the first voice you will hear when you join the conversation here on the 50,000-watt front porch by calling 407-916-5400. If you want to uh, just low-key it a little bit, you can weigh in on the uh, text line at 23680. Never busy. Standard message and data rates apply. We'll dive right in on sessions and more. Some things need to be said here, and I have some new information for you, and I want to talk about this with the smartest audience in talk radio. And you're part of that. We'll get to it right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I really like Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Rock-solid conservative law and order guy, a real gentleman, a genuine conservative, the former Alabama senator. Some thinks maybe think maybe he might need to be the next Alabama senator, but more on that in a moment. It was painful for me when I watched hour after hour of his testimony before the uh, um, Judiciary Committee on Capitol Hill yesterday, House Judiciary Committee. He got hammered not only by Democrats, but by Republicans, and, and really, particularly from the Democrats on all of this stuff with Russia. He just, they, they, they essentially were either implying or flat out accusing him of being a liar. And I did admire Sessions when he fought back with his angry retort. I will not accept and reject accusations that I have ever lied. That is a lie. Let me be clear. I have at all times conducted myself honorably and in a manner consistent with the high standards and responsibilities of the Office of Attorney General, which I revere. Jeff Sessions. But it was painful to watch him with a hazy memory, and it seemed like a selective memory. Maybe I have a problem with that because I have an unusually good memory, people say, okay? Uh, I, I, I can't believe that he was at a meeting with the Trump advisor, George Papadopoulos, who's in trouble for lying to the FBI, you know, and Papadopoulos was, was, was pushing the idea of having a Trump-Putin meeting. And Sessions earlier in his testimony didn't know anything about that, couldn't remember anything about it. Now he remembers all about it because he remembers pushing back against the concept of that meeting. I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. And then the Republicans went after him. They're trying to get him to set up another special prosecutor to go after the Obama-era Democrats and uh, to go after uh, Bill Clinton about the tarmac meeting with Loretta Lynch, his then attorney general, uh, all kinds of Hillary Clinton-related stuff. And, you know, he really put him in an uncomfortable position. He's got to have evidence of laws being broken before he can do that. You know, I think he ought to throw the switch on that, but he didn't. I know Trump wants him to, no doubt about it. I think Trump wants him out as AG and wants him to save the day in Alabama with a special Senate election now that Roy Moore is under fire. By the way, Moore lost his biggest national media ally last night on Fox. Here is Sean Hannity. For me, the judge has 24 hours. You must immediately and fully come up with a satisfactory explanation for your inconsistencies that I just showed. You must remove any doubt. If you can't do this, then Judge Moore needs to get out of this race. Yeah, and and Hannity had gotten into what we've been talking about here that has made me increasingly turn away from Roy Moore, Um, you know, about whether or not he had inappropriate relationships with teenage girls when he was an an attorney in his 30s or not. The latest um, tearful on-camera 
um, a story by this by this woman who says she cornered by uh, Moore in a car years ago when she was 16 and that that uh, that he, he wouldn't let her go. And uh, he said, nobody's going to believe your story. I'm Roy Moore, district attorney. And she thought she was going to be raped. She said she was sexually assaulted by Moore. Um, we got all of this going on. And in the face of it, the latest polling out of Alabama by Fox 10, the biggest television station in uh, Mobile, Alabama. This was on Monday, okay? Moore up by six over his Democrat opponent, Doug Jones. But I was still backing Roy Moore on Monday. I no longer am backing Roy Moore. I think it is over for him. I think it needs to be over for him. That signed yearbook by that wo- for that woman signed. You know, well, what 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 happened with that? What was the uh, the verbiage on that? I had it here right in front of me. And yes, come on, this woman said, "All right, here's his yearbook signature to a sweeter, more beautiful girl." I could not say Merry Christmas, Christmas, nineteen seventy seven. She's 16 or so, and he is like 32. Love, Roy Moore, D.A., signed in the yearbook. You know, that and all the other stuff. we got to get somebody else. It's either going to be Sessions or Luther Strange that he beat in the primary, or you're going to have a Democrat in the Senate and an even slimmer Republican majority, which I hate the idea of that. But I really do think he's got to go. That's where I am on Roy Moore and Jeff Sessions. What say you? 407-916-5400. Let's talk or let's text. At 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Talking Jeff Sessions and Roy Moore. Yaffe in the control room and astute observer of the political scene. What are your thoughts on this before you check the incoming on the text line? Well, I mean, the biggest problem with Roy Moore now is his credibility is gone. You can't say, oh, I don't know this person, never met the person. Then the person pulls out a yearbook with your signature. Seems legit. You know, this isn't just one accuser that has no credibility. Right. It seems to be a bunch of accusers, and there seems to be a lot of credibility here. Yeah. And, I, and I will say this, all of this, I have no recollection, didn't even know the person. I'm sorry. Roy Moore and I are about the same age, okay? Mm-hmm. I can remember the name and the face of every girl I ever dated. Yeah, I me think too. most guys can. Yeah. I do. I'm sorry. I can't stay with Roy Moore anymore. Okay. And if you can't remember, that means you've been dating a lot of teenage girls, which is, you know, not a good thing when you're in your 30s. What's coming in on that text line, Mike? Uh, One person says, Moore needs to step aside. Attorney Sessions needs to grow a spine and start prosecuting some of these liberal criminals. And John Morgan needs to stay out of politics. So summed up all in one text. Left over from blowing smoke, (laughs) too, in a big debate the other night. Here's Matt in Claremont on Roy Moore. Good morning to you, Matt. Yeah, good morning, bud. I support Roy Moore, but I think the cast of characters making these accusations is just too sleazy, too suspicious, you know. And there are people who make accusations like this and tear up, and some of it's phony, you know. I mean, you, you can't you can't just put all your eggs in that kind of a basket. Any 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 thought about the yearbook signature forgery, in your opinion? Well, we don't know the story on that yet, and here you all are jumping off the ship. You know, I want to back him uh, uh, with all of my heart, but I have bit. to be honest with you. I got. I want to back him with all of my heart. I'm not where I well, was over the weekend on this. I'm not. I'm being know, honest I, with you. I, I think the people are lying. I still do. I, okay. You know, when they have people like Ed Stetzer and uh, Gloria Allred, oh, come on, but. All right, well, we'll see. And the people of Alabama, obviously, will have the say on this. He's still going to be on the ballot on the 12th of December. The other issue, though, is you bring in write-in candidates. Luther Strange, bring him back. 
Jeff Sessions. Trump would love to get him out as AG. He says he doesn't want to get back in the Senate. But then if you do the write-ins with these people, you split the vote and you give it to Doug Jones, the Democrat, and you cut the back the majority in the Senate down to 51-49 for the Republicans. What about it, uh, Paul? And uh, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, bud. I- I'm hoping you can clear up some things for me on this because I am just absolutely kind of baffled. But the biggest thing is... After 40 years in this stuff that's supposed to be credible or whatever's out there, how how did this go on for this many years? And, you know, this stuff gets around, and this guy has run for office, you know. And and was was Alabama an open primary? Did Democrats vote in this primary? Or, or you know, how, how did he beat Luther Strange to begin with, you know, I, there, to, I'm, to me, I well, because Luther Strange was a, was a, was a, an establishment Republican stiff and a lousy candidate and more as a legend down there. The women all say couldn't come up with this stuff before. Now all the Harvey Weinstein stuff, sexual harassment, et cetera. And worse, people are talking about it. We couldn't talk about it before. We'd never be believed. We'd have a stigma. I, now we can talk about it. Years after 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, something something just don't I smell rat somewhere. I don't know what it is, but something just don't smell right. About All right, if you line. if you're a voter in Alabama, Roy Moore still your guy this morning, right? Well, I'm with you. Ah. Uh, if if the stuff it appears to be credible, you you have to really kind of abandon ship almost, but and and get mm. sessions back there, but but like I say, for after this many years, uh, there's something. You know, if I'm in Alabama and I'm around there yeah. and I've heard all the stories or something or whatever, and, and it's and it's had any credibility right. over the years, I don't see how anybody can't, you know, that this thing didn't surface long before that. Okay, but it's very interesting because you're really waffling on whether or not he still got your vote. I think you're going to see him slip big time in the polls. I don't know how it's all going to turn out. He says he's not giving up, that the whole thing is a witch hunt. Um, you know, and and, and it's uh, pure evil and there's nothing to it. We'll see. I've given you my honest answers to where I am this morning. Deborah Roberts updating our news on a very disturbing story out in the Tampa Bay area where police are searching for the Seminole Heights serial killer, now dubbed. And um, Governor Rick Scott releasing his final budget. Good morning, Orlando at 6.30. Well, we have confirmation of what everybody had feared. We have a serial killer on the loose in the Bay Area. Deb? After almost a month of calm in a Tampa neighborhood, but a serial killer does appear to have struck again. A man shot and killed yesterday morning in Seminole Heights is believed to be the fourth person murdered by the same person who killed three others last month. Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan expresses his frustration that another killing has happened. This is not the way we protect our neighborhoods. This is not the way we live in our city. But I can tell you, you have my word, we are working and we are trying, and I very much appreciate your support. Tampa police say 60-year-old Ronald Felton was killed outside a food bank at Nebraska Ave in Caracas Street where he volunteered. No arrests have been announced, but police believe the killer lives in the neighborhood. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And while that deadly shooting in Tampa appears to be related to three other shootings, one thing makes this shooting very different. Unlike the first three shootings in Seminole Heights last month, this time, multiple witnesses reported seeing a man running from the scene yesterday morning. Police hope surveillance video can offer more details of the shooter, but the description for now is of a thin black man with a light complexion, about six foot one, and dressed in all black. 
In other news, Governor Rick Scott travels to Jacksonville to unveil his new budget, all $87.4 billion worth. He calls it the Securing Florida's Future budget and says it puts the focus on families. This is my last and final budget. Uh, this will be, uh, this is my last year. I have 419 days to go. I'm going to fight every day for Florida families. Scott says his new budget includes record investments in education, transportation, environment, and persons with disabilities, but it's only a recommendation. The state legislature will write a budget of its own. When I was talking over the soundbite there, it was when he was talking about 419 days left to go. I'm like, yeah, but who's counting? (laughs) Finally, more than half of the world's wealth is now controlled by the top 1%. A new report from Credit Suisse also shows the world's total wealth grew by 6% to $280 trillion over the past 12 months. The U.S. leads the pack when it comes to having the most millionaires. More than 15 million people living in America are worth at least that much. Japan and the U.K. round out the top three with China ranked fifth overall. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Let's bring her in live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Good Wednesday morning to you, Gina. And good morning to you. I noticed yesterday at the end of the session, stock prices in general had taken something of a hit. Let's talk about that and what the futures are pointing to, shall we? Sure. Well, it looks like we are headed for a lower Wall Street open this morning. We have uh, stock futures in negative territory. The Dow futures down about 118 points. That's about one half of 1%. We're seeing a broad-based uh, decline in commodities. That's one thing going on. In the meantime, U.S. investors are still watching and waiting for the tax reform to come out of Washington. And right now we have crude oil down about 1.2%, just above $55 a barrel. It was energy-related stocks slipping yesterday with oil prices, and that led to a lower close on Wall Street. The Dow was down 30 points to 23,409. The S&P fell 6, or two-tenths percent, to 25.79. The Nasdaq fell 20 to 67.38. The Bloomberg Orlando Index actually bucked the trend. It rose one-half of 1%. Advanced auto parts surged 16%, the most in four years, after cutting costs to counter a sales slump in the aftermarket car parts stores, and it beat estimates in the latest quarter. Very interesting there. Now, Disney's having some problems with its big sports acquisition. They bought ESPN years ago. They've been struggling, losing subscribers on cable, ratings down, etc., Uh, What's the latest with Disney and ESPN this morning, Gina? Well, they're showing some confidence in the ESPN president. John Skipper has renewed his contract through 2021. This is according to a blog called The Big Lead, which is connected to USA Today. This deal marks, as I said, a show of support for uh, from Disney, despite the sports channel's declining fortunes. The 61-year-old executive has led Disney's sports network for five years. Now, ESPN is the biggest single profit contributor at Disney, but as you said, it has suffered recently with customers cutting the TV cord or downsizing their television viewing. Mm -hmm. When you sign on to the Internet, do you use Firefox? If so, listen closely to what Gina has today. (laughs) Well, Mozilla, which owns that uh, Firefox browser, has rolled out a major update 
to that web browser, and now you'll see Google is back there, too. In a blog, Mozilla said that Firefox's default search engine will be Google and the U.S., Canada, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. This agreement recalls a similar older deal that was scuttled three years ago when Firefox and Google's Chrome web browser became bitter rivals and Mozilla went with Yahoo. Now, it's unclear just how much Google is paying to reclaim this prized digital spot. Okay, and finally, I'm fascinated with this story. We're all familiar with Scarecrow, which seems largely unchanged through time immemorial. But now you're telling me that scarecrows have gone high-tech, Gina? <laughs> well, there's a historic battle between birds and farmers. And now we have a new high-tech scarecrow out in the field. It's true. Bird Control Group, a company based in the Netherlands, is selling a laser machine that combines colors, filters, and lenses to produce a greenish laser beam. And the CEO says the birds perceive the laser's motion as a physical danger, like a predator. Ah. And they instinctively take flight to seek safety. Safety. A 2012 survey estimated that birds caused $189 million in damages to various crops in several states the previous season. And apparently about 100 U.S. farms are currently using the laser scarecrow. Oh, so we're going to use the lasers not to cook the birds in the air no. and knock them out of the sky, but <laughs> well, just to scare Well, hopefully no. Them. I don't think that's the goal. But. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting as always. Great talking with you, Gina. From the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City, Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report every morning. Thank you so much. We'll catch you tomorrow, Gina. Take care. Thanks. Good deal. You've heard about these three UCLA college basketball players who decided it would be nice to shoplift some sunglasses in an upscale store in China where they were for a special game, and suddenly they ran afoul of the communist Chinese law enforcement machinery. President Trump has gotten them free, and I don't see him getting much credit for it. Do you? He's going to get some here in a moment, and we'll talk about it. And we'll do that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. President Trump's back in uh, the States now from his Asian tour, and so too are three very, very lucky. But I'm yet to see whether or not they are also appreciative UCLA college basketball players who were caught by the communist Chinese stealing, shoplifting, upscale, expensive sunglasses from a store. We're talking about stars Leangelo Ball, Cody Riley, and Jalen Hill. They put them under house arrest in China, wouldn't let them out of their hotel room. A conviction over there wouldn't be the slap in the wrist that it would be here, could have been five to ten years in a communist Chinese prison. They don't put up with lawbreakers in communist China. These guys are lucky that they're not going to rot in a Chinese prison cell. And they have one man to thank, and that is President Trump. He found out about this while he was over in China visiting with uh, Chinese President Xi, among other things. And he mentioned it to Xi, and Xi wasn't really aware of it because it's not like, you know, uh, a huge story on its face. And he said he'd investigate, and the president said, maybe there's something you can do to get these kids a break. And he did give them a break, and they let him go. And they're on their way home now. Now, today, there's a big news conference out in California at UCLA. They're going to have these three kids out there, and they're going to talk about what's going to happen to them. They're lucky they're not going to rot in a Chinese communist cell. I want to hear credit given to President Trump for what he did here. By the way, the three players are black. 
Well, why are you mentioning that, bud? Is that really important? Is everything about race? I don't make it about race. It is significant in this story, and I will explain here in a moment. The three players are black, okay? There's talk that they may suspend them for a couple of games. I think maybe they ought to, I think they ought to be tougher than that. I'd like to see him suspended for the team for the year, maybe kicked out of school. I really do. There could have been an international incident here. And what kind of, what are they doing? What kind of reputation do the Americans have in China when he got some of these privileged basketball stars for the storied college program stealing from a store? Now let me tell you something. On ESPN, Jamel Hill, who called President Trump a white supremacist and got suspended ultimately for it. Remember that? The black show host on ESPN at 6 o'clock at night? She has nothing to say about giving President Trump any credit here. The media went nuts when the white kid stole a poster in North Korea out of Wambir. And he came home here as a zombie and died later. We know that. They tortured him, I'm sure. Ryan Lochte, the white swimmer. The mess he got into around the Olympics at Rio, remember that? And the media went nuts. The media is not going nuts over these three players, and they are not giving this president any credit for it. I see a double standard here, don't you? And it cuts along racial lines, I am sorry to say. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Feels like some form of bullying, cyber or otherwise, was a factor in that teenager taking his life, but we don't know that for sure. We'll stay on the story. Deb will, of course, for you. She'll be here with the news at the top of the hour. Um, Yaffe, let's check the text line on 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 my um, my take on these UCLA basketball players who stole upscale sunglasses uh, in, um, in in China and could have wound up in the clink there for years. And President Trump worked with his counterpart, President Xi, and uh, and got them out. They're coming back home. They'll be at a news conference at UCLA this morning. Yeah, I have a couple people, Bud, that have an idea of what kind of punishment they should get. One person said bad press and jail time, maybe three to six months would be best to cover it. Another person says, I think the thieves should be prosecuted, suspended from school, and made to apologize to our nation and to the Chinese people. There you go. What I have another text. Got? Yeah, I got another text, though, that says... The three basketball players combined stats while in China were zero points, zero rebounds, and three steals. Now, the sunglasses. <laughs> that, that's, that's the text of the day. Points for creativity and incisive comedy. President Trump branded a white supremacist by Jamel Hill on ESPN. Remember that? And he has been by many others as well, which is an outrageous charge. Baseless. If he's a white supremacist, trust me, the last thing he does is spring three black college basketball players in China. Think about it a minute. Let's go to Van. Good morning from St. Cloud on this. You're on with the Bud Man. Good morning, Van. Hey, good morning, sir. Um, I don't want to spread rumors, but uh, wasn't that a Marine, Caucasian Marine that was in Mexico, and Obama would not do anything to get him out? And was it not Trump that got him out? 
Hmm, the white, a white Marine in Mexico? We're going to have to research right. the story here. And the point you're making then is what, Van? I mean, he, he, he's a decent guy. And everybody keeps trying to banish him from everything. You know, he never gets put up yeah. in zero things. And as far as the three guys, I know. something bad has to happen. It's incredible. It's incredible the double standard that's going on here, and it's outrageous. And I want to hear from Jamel Hill. You have to credit President Trump for doing this. And you got to withdraw the white supremacist label. Why would he free three black players if he's a white supremacist who, by definition, would hate any member of a minority? Lance, you're up from Orlando. Good morning to you, Lance. Hey, bud. What's going on? How you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing fine, and this is what's going on in this half hour. What do you think? Listen, man, as far as the double standard, I don't feel it's a double standard. I just feel like... Right now, with so much going on in the world, this is like a, a kind of a thing they want to sweep under the rug. They don't want any more controversy with America. And it's shameful for UCLA, a big, prestigious school like that. What do you and think ought to happen to these kids? I mean, they got to be punished. Hands down. What would you do to them? I would say they get suspended from the team indefinitely. I would say that. Now, let me ask you this. Do you credit President Trump? For what he did. He didn't have to oh, do yeah, it. By far. I think as a president, he should protect American citizens. And if they get into a jam like that, yes, sir. But, I mean, I think it's not a black or white thing. If anyone was there, they should have been bailed out and taken care of and brought out of there. Thank you for that. I didn't make it a black and white thing. It's what the people have been saying about President Trump. That's where the racial aspect of this thing comes in, and I didn't put it there. Andrew, you're in Orlando. On with the Bud Man. Good morning. Good morning, Bud. Um, I just want to say that, um, you know, I won't even touch the white supremacist thing. But the, um, the you whole need credit... to, you need you need to touch it. You okay, need I'll to renounce it, it and you it. need to credit the president. Okay, I never called him a white supremacist, but I won't give anybody credit for getting thieves off. This guy, brother, playing the NBA was a second pick in the draft. Yeah, now, now you raise a great point. Maybe we, have, maybe we should denounce the president for condoning criminal activity. They, right, they have money already. So this is just another rich kid getting a slap on the wrist, you know, and getting off. We have enough of that going on here. Yeah, all right, Andrew. Now, there's an interesting angle, Yaffe. Maybe we should be on the president for essentially condoning criminal activity. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. By the way, I, I looked up info on the Marine in Mexico. Yeah. There was a white Marine who was jailed in Mexico, but he was released in 2014, which is before Trump was president. Interesting. Fair enough. Thanks. Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you. Glad you're with us here at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Tampa police search for the Seminole Heights serial killer. And a House panel okays money for crisis pregnancy centers. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. I see the influx of Puerto Ricans to Central Florida turning local budgets red, perhaps turning Florida blue. Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Wednesday morning at 7.04 on News Radio 1025. A man killed Tuesday in Seminole Heights was on his way to feed the homeless. Tampa police believe 60-year-old Ronald, Ronald Felton is likely the fourth victim of a serial killer who has been shooting people at random. Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan explains why they believe the murders are linked. The, way, the reason we're linking them together is because it's all the same manner, same proximity, the people are always alone, and there's no motive. They're not taking anything, they're not being robbed or anything like that. 
Felton's family says he volunteered every Tuesday and Thursday at the New Seasons Apostolic Church, which is where the father of three was headed when he was gunned down. His sister says she had warned him to be careful after hearing news about the shootings. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The new year will bring a big change to Orange County. The county commission last night voted unanimously to allow medical marijuana dispensaries to open. More than two dozen residents spoke in favor of medical marijuana before the vote, and Mayor Teresa Jacobs said it's important to respect what the public wants. The new law will take effect January 1st. The Health and Human Services Committee in the Florida House of Representatives approves a bill to provide millions of dollars to anti-abortion clinics. Representative Jackie Toledo says the crisis pregnancy centers included in her bill are not allowed to use religion to coerce their patients. All the services paid for by the state must be provided in a non-coercive manner and may not include religious material. But FSU student Amelia Zender says she went to a crisis pregnancy center for advice on birth control and all she got was religion. When I asked about contraceptive options, she just said that the only option was abstinence. And then she told me that I had to sign a chastity pledge and told me to hold her hands and repeat a prayer after her. Several lawmakers who support the bill say they'll investigate those allegations of religious meddling, but that didn't stop them from voting yes. And finally, a pill that contains a digital tracking device has been approved by the Food and Drug Administration. The pill contains sensors that alert doctors when it has been taken and is intended to help prevent medical emergencies that happen when people skip their medication. It received FDA approval on Monday, but it has yet to be proven that the pill improves patients' medication compliance, and medical providers must be given permission to access the digital information that's acquired. It's amazing what they're talking about here. I, I, we have an aging relative in our family who has a condition who needs regular medication, often forgets about it. The, I, I, I can see a benefit of this. There are concerns about this from a personal privacy standpoint yeah. that somehow you're going to be able to tr- be tracked with this thing inside you. Only because we hear about hacking of, you know, so-called encrypted yeah, sure. systems all the time. What would make this so different? You know what? I'm going to ask Dr. Kronhaus about that on the House call, um, our, our breaking medical and health news every Thursday morning. That's tomorrow at 840. And I know he'll address the digital pill from a doctor's perspective. You're welcome, bud. Oh, man, hacking of your body? I know, and being uh, able to track you. See, I've I don't been like hacked. that idea. <laughs> I don't exactly. like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I, I, uh, WFLA News Time at 7.07. Read about workers in the fastest growing jobs have trouble getting by. Get the details on why at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So, in the wake of the devastation from Hurricane Maria and the entire island of Puerto Rico, people are streaming out of the island to visit long term or come to live in the United States, as they are completely entitled to do as citizens of the United States. A lot of them are flowing into central Florida. And it is causing problems, just the enormous, almost overnight, influx of additional people here. Who's supposed to pay for all of this? And what about the politics of Florida? I believe we've got a problem with red ink and a trend toward a blue state. 
and we'll talk about it here in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. In fact, in only two minutes, so sit tight if you can, right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'll say right off the top that anyone in Puerto Rico has the right to live anywhere in the United States they choose to live. They are citizens of the country. They can move as freely as you and I can move. That's not a state. It is a U.S. territory, though, and that's the status. I'm not quibbling with that whatsoever. The problem is the enormous growth right here in Florida of population because of the 140,000 Puerto Ricans who have left the island because they've considered it unlivable and come to the United States. 130,000 have come to Florida, and the lion's share of those have come right here to central Florida primarily because they have infrastructure and support here. They already have family and extended family who live here. On a short-term basis, they can move in with them, and they are doing that. But they are also burdening our schools with a huge bubble and a huge influx in the number of students. Governor Scott was told at a town hall on Monday with local leaders, we're having a hard time handling this. Mayor Teresa Jacobs of Orange County is terrific. When she says, we manage growth, people come here to live from all over the place. But it's a gradual thing. We deal with that. We handle that. But all of a sudden now, in Osceola County alone, they got an extra two elementary school, two elementary schools worth of extra kids almost overnight. Who's going to pay for this is my first question. It's going to turn local economies red. They're going to hemorrhage red ink, and they're going to start talking about tax hikes to pay for all of this. Governor Rick Scott doing what he can, but he recognizes the politics at play here. In the 2016 election, Donald Trump won Florida's critical 29 electoral votes. He won Florida by 112,000 votes out of 9.6 million cast. Puerto Ricans are used to government providing for them. They're used to an entitlement culture of government-provided benefits. It's what tanked their economy. Okay? They will, by and large, not all, but the vast majority, be inclined to vote Democrat. And they can take this state, that is the quintessential big battleground state, and turn it blue. And they will unless the Republicans can say, look what we did for you here. And that's why, politically, both parties are fighting for the votes that will decide how Florida goes in future elections by rolling over and doing absolutely anything to help the Puerto Ricans. I'm not unsympathetic to their plight. The best scenario, though, for everybody concerned is is they don't have the population drain in Puerto Rico. They're losing their best professional people. People are leaving the island in enormous numbers, and it's been vastly accelerated in the wake of Maria. The best scenario for everybody is that they stay there and rebuild that island and live there, but I have no right to tell them to do that. They're American citizens. They want to live somewhere else again, and a lot of them want to live right here in central Florida. We got problems with social services, paying for that, schools, a big factor. We got the politics of it, hemorrhaging red ink, turning Florida blue. That's the situation 
we're looking at right now. And I just wanted to get you thinking about it because you've only begun to see the ramifications of this within the sound of my voice. Your thoughts? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. On the huge influx of folks from Puerto Rico on the wake of Hurricane Maria, I have this to say to put a button on my commentary before we go to the phones and the text line here and get a comment from Yaffe. The taxpayers of Central Florida and the taxpayers of the state of Florida should not be on the hook for paying for the costs of this influx, the costs in terms of schools, social services, etc. Okay? We're fine with Puerto Ricans moving to Florida or anywhere they want to as citizens of the United States, just as we are free to move anywhere and to Puerto Rico should we choose. But we did not ask for this, and we should not pay for it. This is a federal territory, a U.S. territory. The federal government needs to write the check on this. Yaffe, go ahead. Yeah, it's just amazing how many facets there are to this story. I mean, you just look at Miami, how much Miami changed after all the Cuban refugees came in. It became almost a completely different place. Yeah. You know, last week when I filled in for you, I talked about how rental prices, home rental prices have skyrocketed in Orlando. Well, this is going to make that only worse with the extra demand. Absolutely. There isn't any question about it. And we should not be on the hook for that, okay? Because otherwise you're going to start seeing tax hikes where you live. To pay for all of this. Yeah. Okay? And that should not be. Let's go to the phones. Carlos, good morning from Orlando. You're on with the Budman. Good morning, Budman. Hey, guy. Hey, uh, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of, of my, and these are my countrymen. Uh, there's a lot of people that's going to come over. That's going to spike, you see, you know, like the taxes in the, in the central Florida. But there's also going to be a lot of working people which are going to, you know, help, you know, supply taxes as they work. They pay their own taxes as well. So it's a given and plus negative side of this. Uh, oh, I think, I, I'm uh, not at all painting a negative picture. I'm, I'm not painting it all at, at all negative. I'm really not. I mean, but the fact of the matter is there are enormous costs incurred here, and, and, and the taxpayers of Central Florida shouldn't be on the hook for it. Uh, yes, you're right, and I'm part of that, too. Yeah. Now, on the other side, on the political side, uh, yes, it's definitely, there's a big chance the state will turn blue. It will turn blue unless something else happens. Or maybe, you know, they all come here and they say, boy, I'll tell you what, under that Republican Scott administration, they did really a great job here, you know, and I like the way I was treated locally, you know, by leaders and, you know, and uh, whatever. But all things being equal, the vast majority of those Puerto Ricans' research would show those are Democrat votes today when they come here. And that's enough to turn the state blue. I just told you with a razor-thin margin, Trump had to win the state, okay, as a Republican. This will turn the state blue, okay? That's what you're looking at here. Yaffe, anything coming in on the text line? Uh, one person says, uh, my parents were in Puerto Rico last week. Conditions are still abysmal there, except for the region surrounding the airport. They say there'd be a lot more people flowing here now. If, it, if, if they had the infrastructure up in the airport running properly, et cetera, that there were just enormous numbers of people who are waiting to get off the island and come and live here. What's going to happen to Puerto Rico long term? 
I mean, they're 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 just the the, the brain drain, the, the 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 number of people who are just leaving there. You know, they need to make Puerto Rico livable again, and a lot of folks would really like to live in Puerto Rico. You know, they have a stake in the island, family history in the island. That's the best resolution of this. But short term, we got a real issue here in Central Florida, and it's not going to be an easy problem to solve. Here is um, who have I got? Is it Andrew? Andrew? Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Bart, real quick. Um, my problem with it is um, the teachers. If a teacher isn't qualified, don't put them in the classroom. Tell you a quick story. My daughter yeah, and I agree eight. with that. And they're green-lighting teachers without verified credentials to teach here in Central Florida. Right. And I have okay. a big problem with that. My daughter is a straight-A student in a third-grade class in Orlando, in an elementary school in Orlando. So she said her class get Puerto Rican students every day. Sure. So they put a Puerto Rican teacher in the class to help out with the students. Now, my daughter comes home every day and says, Daddy, that lady don't know how to teach me. She can't teach me my math. And so if they're not qualified to teach, leave them out of the classrooms because my daughter needs to continue yeah. to learn. I've only got one chance to educate your kids. you got to have top-flight teachers. You can't be lowering the standards out of sympathy for teachers coming with 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 credentials that either don't exist or don't meet the standards to Florida. You're right on that, Dad. Andrew, you're right. My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, is alongside me now, ready with our bottom-of-the-hour news update. But first of all, Deb, we continue to get calls on the all the issues associated with the huge influx of folks from Puerto Rico coming right here to Central Florida. Including a call from the city beautiful and Bobby. Good morning, Bobby. Yeah, hello, Deborah, uh, Bud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, real quick. Um, my question is: in, not only um, does it does it strain the infrastructure here, and, and there are political ramifications, but the broader question is really: how is the United States as a whole benefit from maintaining this relationship with Puerto Rico? I mean, they're they're financially insolvent. That's a, a financial burden that we are going to bear here in Central Florida as they migrate here. And honestly, a, a lot of Puerto Ricans I know maintain the idea that they are Puerto Ricans, not really Americans. So in the, in the broader sense, how does it benefit the U.S. as a whole to, to constantly maintain a relationship with an island that can't get its financial house in order? Well, that's a really interesting question, Deb, and a very complex one to try and answer. I mean, I can tell you what I mean. What I don't know what the other alternative is. Do you cut them loose as a territory? Do they vote to become a state? I don't think that we're going to make them a state any uh, anytime soon. And and we shouldn't. But what what about independence? Yeah. Well, you know, you can make the case for that. I, I mean, I've been a territory for a hundred years. I think a hundred years ago, Deb, the whole idea was we needed a presence in the Caribbean. Well, yeah, we got to keep the Russians and the Chinese off of our uh, off of our coast. Yeah, and others before that, and uh, and that was the way to do it. And and I but think we could also rent space. There. I mean, we we rent space for Guantanamo Bay. We don't need to maintain a Commonwealth status with Puerto Rico. We can mm-hmm. rent space and have bases mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico or elsewhere in the Caribbean the same way that we do in Cuba. There's no need to um, intensify the relationship by maintaining them as a commonwealth. Well, you raise another dimension here, Bobby, and we thank you for it. And I, I have no doubt that, that, that this may well become more widely debated oh, as it all of will. the ramifications of the influx of folks here to the states um, continues. But it doesn't do anything for the immediate concerns. No, it does not. Yeah.
What else we got here, Deb, in the news this morning? A 60-year-old man is the fourth victim of a serial killer in a Tampa neighborhood. Police say Ronald Felton of Tampa was crossing a street in Seminole Heights shortly before 5 o'clock yesterday morning when someone came up from behind and fatally shot him four times. Police Chief Brian Dugan says residents have really helped law enforcement. We're just asking that everybody cooperate. You know, the neighborhood has just been phenomenal in their support of each other and the support of the police department. We're just asking for that continued cooperation. And if they stick together, they look out for each other. Don't be out walking alone and and be careful. If you see something, say something. Three other people were shot and killed in that neighborhood over a 10-day span last month, and officers are treating Felton's death as being connected to those. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A full two years ago, a New York City rat went viral when a video showed the rodent dragging a slice of pizza twice his size, and now there's a new celebrity rat. Yeah. A person waiting at a subway station in Brooklyn posted a video of a rat holding a large piece of avocado recently. Hey, at least they're getting healthy. I was going to say, that's better than pizza for them. Yeah. The video has been posted on Instagram and is getting a lot of attention. New York City has had a handful of viral animals over the past few years, including pretzel rat, pizza raccoon, and taco squirrel. And let's not forget the recent viral video of two New York City rats fighting over a French fry. That I remember seeing as well. Yeah, and you would think they wouldn't have fought that hard over a French fry that could take that much uh, tug of war. Yeah, you would think so. There should be plenty to go around. Yeah, not that uh, they don't seem to have very discerning palates. But you know, they've gone upscale, though, with avocados. You yeah. know, they're pretty pricey you these know, days. Everybody's into avocado these days, <laughs> even the rats. Finally, some chickens in <laughs> Idaho are roosting in a coop that's out of this world, literally. A Boise couple needed a larger coop for their growing flock of chickens, so the self-described UFO nerds Built one that looks like a flying saucer. Yeah? The coop even features tiny windows and blinking lights. (laughs) I just saw it myself. Video shows the chickens lining up single file to board their spaceship. I can't wait to see that. It's a great video. Yeah, for you to chase that down and post it on the website for us. Can we get that done? I'm in. Real quick YouTube search. Yeah, I'll find it. Cool. All right, good deal. Deb, we'll catch you at 8 o'clock for more news and, of course, Whenever it breaks, we got a great tradition here in Central Florida, and um, the woman behind it all. I am talking about the founder of Central Florida's amazing Thanksgiving Basket Brigade. Twenty years now, and it's just the most amazing program. And we need you to be a part of it this year. And we're going to find out all about it from my good friend Joe Etta Raylots. She's up on the fifty thousand watt front porch next. And uh, please stay with me on this if you're not familiar with the. Thanksgiving Basket Brigade. You'll definitely want to be part of this. We'll have all of that on Orlando's News, Weather, and Traffic. Of course, we'll be updated as always, and I'll do that in only two minutes for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. There are angels among us in Central Florida, and I've got one on the line right now. I used to work with her here at the station and have long been a big fan of Joetta Raylotz, who is the founder of the remarkable Thanksgiving Basket Brigade, now a 20-year Thanksgiving tradition here in the Orlando area. Welcome on to the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning, Joetta. Good morning, bud. How are you? I'm just terrific. How are you doing? I'm happy. It's a good. It's going to be a great weekend. It's, uh, I'm praying that the community comes out to support the community. Tell you what, let's uh, not assume everybody knows about the Thanksgiving Basket Brigade. Let's talk about how you started this and and how it works. 
Okay, well, about 20 years ago, I went to a Tony Robbins event, and I heard him tell a story that when he was a young boy, a stranger showed up at their house, and they were really struggling and presented a gift basket of food at Thanksgiving time. And because it was presented like a gift versus a you know, handout, the stepfather at the time accepted it, and mm-hmm. that made a difference on Tony Robbins. So he, told, he tells this story globally. So this is actually an effort that happens all over the world. But the cool part is, is Orlando, Central Florida, was started 20 years ago, and we are the longest withstanding in the whole United States. It's remarkable. Let's talk about what will happen this Saturday, because folks who are listening right now can be a part of the Thanksgiving Basket Brigade, which will be a blessing to folks who don't have much, and also, I think, a blessing to those who participate. Oh, that's really true. Um, So this is happening actually in Volusia County. It's happening in Osceola County, Lake County, Orange and Seminole County. So there's no reason somebody cannot not participate. All you need to do is go shopping. If you go to basketbrigadeflorida.com, you can get the shopping list off of there. But just go shopping. It's, you know, this time of the year, it's buy one, get one free. Get a laundry basket and fill it up for a family of five and put some extra stuff in there, too, and then decorate it. And it's still plenty of time. And then bring your family this Saturday at 9 a.m. We'll be at the First Baptist Church, Orlando, at I-4 and John Young Parkway. And you'll be there for about an hour. And then guess what? You get to also go deliver those baskets if you want to. And you've identified the families in need of the Thanksgiving Basket Brigade. Well, um, yes, I have different resources over the years, caseworkers, social workers, girlfriends that might have a girlfriend going through divorce. I just take the addresses, and we just run with it. We try to be like the secret Santa for Thanksgiving. Okay, now it's everything in the laundry basket for a Thanksgiving feast, except the turkey, as I recall. Right, Joetta? That's correct. What I um, encourage everybody to do is go to the local grocery store and get a $10 gift card and put that in an envelope and then write a little thank you, you know, happy Thanksgiving card and then put that in the bottom of your basket so it doesn't fall out. That's the way to do it. Any closing words on the Thanksgiving Basket Brigade coming up this uh, Saturday? I just am praying for baskets to show up. I, I'm hoping that about 5,000 baskets go out this weekend. Oh, wow. That means 25,000 people will be fed on a Saturday morning. Come out, bring your kids. I don't care if you have bedhead. Come on out, but show up with your <laughs> baskets. And it's basketbrigadeflorida.com. And if you have any questions, you can reach me there. Fantastic. Joetta Raylotz, great job over the years. And how gratifying it must be to you to see the Thanksgiving Basket Brigade you began grow to what it's become. Oh, thank you, bud. I'm honored to be a part of this community. God bless you, darling, and happy Thanksgiving to you. You too. Bye-bye. Good deal. Go to basketbrigadeflorida.com. I've been a part of some of these. You will just never forget it, and it will bless you for Thanksgiving to help others in a very profound way. That I promise you. It all flows out of the website. Please join the Thanksgiving Basket Brigade. Go to basketbrigadeflorida.com. Wednesday morning on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. Good morning, Orlando. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Stay tuned right after the news with Deb for our keyword text to win contest. Listen for the new keyword right after the news. Text that keyword to 200-200, and you could be a $1,000 winner. Good luck to you. Yaffe, it was great to reconnect with Joetta Raylotz, our old friend here um, and colleague, who now uh, continues to head up this remarkable 
Thanksgiving Basket Brigade from Central Florida that she founded 20 years ago. You've posted information on this. Yeah, it's 20 years now. Um, You've posted some information for folks who are just catching up to this on our website. Yeah, if you want to help with the cause, you can go to our website, 1025wfle.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab, and it's right there. It directs you to the website and everything. Big deal. That's a terrific thing to be a part of, and it will really make for a very happy Thanksgiving for you. Trust I mean, you me. have had her on, I think, every year since I've been here. Yeah. You know, promoting it. So. It's an amazing program. It yeah. absolutely is the best. And um, all done for the right reasons, too. She has an absolute heart of gold and a heart for helping people. Our good friend, Joetta Raylott. So those still exist in this world. Yes, they do. That's good. They're few all and right. far between, and we look real hard for them. You know, as I say, there are angels among us, and Joetta is right. clearly <laughs> one of them. Um, a guy we've relied on before over the years is the man who founded OrlandoJobs.com, the biggest online um, job site in all of Central Florida. His name is Roger Lear. Now, he's the guy you go to when you want to find a job, okay, at OrlandoJobs.com. It's also spearheading another one of these on-site job fairs, a huge one at the Amway Center that is coming up this year. Now, when we started bringing Roger on to talk about these job fairs, we had double-digit unemployment, 10, 12, 13, 14%. We're now down 4% or a little bit less. And you may think, well, why do we need a job fair? You're about to find out. Stay tuned as uh, Roger joins us here. You may well want to be a part of this on Friday or send somebody in need of a great job to the Amway Center. All details coming up right after Deb gives us the update on the news. Now looks like we have a serial killer still on the loose over in the Bay Area in the Seminole Heights neighborhood. A serial killer who has killed again. And Governor Rick Scott with his take on Roy Moore. Good morning, Orlando, at 7.58. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Wednesday morning. That's a beauty. It's 8 o'clock. Time for the latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Tampa police search for the Seminole Heights serial killer. And Governor Rick Scott discusses Roy Moore. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Need a job? Need a better job? You've come to the right place. Next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Wednesday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 1025. Tampa police be- believe a serial killer has claimed his fourth victim as a man walked to church yesterday morning to feed the homeless. Ronald Felton was gunned down in Tampa's Seminole Heights neighborhood where three others have been killed by the same person. Fighting tears, the Felton siblings said their brother didn't deserve to die at the hands of a serial killer. My brother always says, sis, I love you. And that will forever be in my heart. We all have a time. I just hate it. Mm. Hate to happen like that. Yeah, Felton's siblings told NBC News that they're confident Tampa police will find their brother's killer. A spokesman for the police department says the latest killing is being treated as though it's connected to the serial killings. Mayor Bob Buckhorn told residents, quote, we need to catch this killer before we have to notify one more family that their loved one is dead, end quote. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. No particular motive other than hatred for humanity. And that's what, you know, uh, uh, Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan said yesterday, that apparently this guy got the urge to kill again, and despite the recent attention and publicity about these cases, uh, came out and 
you know, shot this man four times as he was crossing the street to go feed the homeless. Can't imagine how terrifying it must be to live in the Seminole Heights area right now. It really is. But police and the residents have really been working closely together. The uh, police chief last night had encouraged everyone to come out of their homes, gather in groups, put on all their porch lights, and just if you see something, say something. Look out for anything that just looks suspicious. We'll continue to update you uh, here on WFLA. In the meantime, the most wanted man in Tampa has eluded police, but one man believes he knows where the Seminole Heights killer lives. Casimar Neboa has been searching for the man that killed his son Anthony last month, and he thinks the killer lives in Southeast Seminole Heights on 15th Street. Neboa learned about the man when a woman told him she saw the man running from the place where Neboa's son was killed. Neboa tells the Tampa Bay Times police don't consider the man a suspect, but he and a former bounty hunter continue to keep an eye on the man's house. Out west, more details are emerging about the gunman who killed four people in a Northern California shooting rampage. Authorities say 43-year-old Kevin Neal began his shooting spree in Rancho Tehama Reserve early Tuesday when he killed two neighbors he was feuding with. He then stole a vehicle and opened fire at several other locations, including an elementary school. Witnesses there say shots rang out for about half an hour at the school as students cowered under their desks. Neal was later killed in a shootout with two officers. Alabama Republican candidate Senator Roy Moore is getting lots of pressure to quit, but he calls his Senate campaign a spiritual battle. At a Baptist revival service in Jackson last night, Moore showed no sign of ending his campaign. Moore has aggressively denied the claims of five women who accuse him of sexual misconduct when they were teenagers and he was in his 30s. And Count Governor Rick Scott as among those weighing in on the allegations against Alabama Republican Senate candidate Moore. Again, accused of preying on teenage girls during his younger years. And Scott says those allegations are disgusting. Whether it's Roy Moore or what's, uh, what you read about uh, the media reports from California or D.C. or Tallahassee, it's disgusting. So if any of those allegations are true, you ought to resign. Scott has a personal stake in the outcome. He's planning to run for the U.S. Senate next year. And if Moore is elected, Democrats will try to paint the GOP as the party of child abusers. Yeah, I commented on this earlier. The phones were on fire again. We'll have another opportunity to call in on the Roy Moore story later on. And finally, SpaceX is giving its teams more time to prepare for the launch of a mystery government payload from the Kennedy Space Center. So the liftoff of a Falcon 9 rocket has been delayed from tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern time to tomorrow night at the same time. The company says both the rocket and the payload, codenamed Zuma, remain healthy. No word why they have to say that. They but, remain healthy? Yeah. Don't. Ooh. Again, it's a government secret payload. Yeah, it's pretty cryptic. Uh, very. Minutes after the launch, though, SpaceX will attempt to land the Falcon 9's first stage at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station for the 20th time. Yeah. All right. And we'll see. So we have a one-day delay for reasons undisclosed. But at least we know the secret payload, codenamed Zuma, remains healthy. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, just sending him back home. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Round trip. You're out. <laughs> exactly. WFLA News Time. It's 8.07. Read about America's most dangerous highway, and chances are you could be sitting on it right now. Get the details at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Gee. You think it just might be I-4 through the heart of Orlando right now with yeah. the construction? They came out with a list of the uh, oh. nation's 25 worst highways. Yeah. Five of, or three of them, I believe, are right here in the Sunshine State. Um, and 
I-4 has been voted Florida's worst. Thank you for a talk topic tomorrow, <laughs> Deb Meister. Always on the cutting edge, ahead of the bud man by at least a half a step. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Stay tuned in just a second here. Get the new keyword of the hour. Text that keyword to 200-200. You could be our $1,000 contest winner. It's our keyword text to win contest. Keyword coming up. Text it to 200-200. You could win 1000 bucks. The founder of OrlandoJobs.com on the line talking about the job market and the big job fair in town. Our good friend Roger Lear next. Don't miss what he has to say. And we'll get to that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, wait a minute. We got unemployment down at 4%, less in some areas. That's normally considered full appointment or full, on, full employment, rather. Why is it that we're holding a massive job fair at the Amway Center this Friday if everybody who wants a job has got one? Well, maybe everyone who wants one doesn't have one or wants a better one. Let's find out about it all as we bring in our old friend Roger Lear, the founder of OrlandoJobs.com, Central Florida's number one online job site. Welcome back to the 50,000-watt front porch, and good morning, Orlando, Roger. Good morning, bud. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank now, you. Now, you specialize in online jobs, uh, but this is face-to-face at the Amway Center. Let's talk about what's going on here Friday. Yeah, you know, uh, at the Amway Center from 11 to 3, uh, we will have Florida's largest job fair, actually, and this is our ninth year doing it. We uh, tie it into uh, the Florida Classic and Florida Classic Weekend, and it's a diversity job fair. We have over 110 employers. What does a diversity life. job fair mean? Oh, it just it's a it's a job fair where companies are looking for anybody that is skilled that they can bring into their their organizations that that help their diverse workforce and uh, it's it's for anybody and uh, it's a it's an awesome tie-in with uh, the Florida Classic Weekend as well because okay. we we're able to bring in so many individuals from all over the state. So okay, fair enough. And again. Answer the question for me. We still have a huge demand for a job fair like this. Thousands will be coming. Companies will be having representatives there, you know, with with, with job opportunities in an economy in which most would say, well, wait a minute, don't we basically have full employment? Yeah, well, we, we are in Orlando, Florida, and we are so lucky to be here because we have unbelievable companies here that have all types of jobs. And we know all about the hospitality jobs that are out there. And those are very they're high turnover in a lot of cases and so forth. You know, the three toughest jobs in hospitality are bus drivers and, and lifeguards and housekeepers, right? And mm-hmm. so you have those. But, you know, we have the government. There's a ton of jobs in government, financial institutions, the education. Um, Valencia, for instance, has over 100 positions open. And they're coming with uh, – but they're – you know, and that's why I always tell job seekers is like a, a company like Valencia, you think, well – they're looking for teachers and things like that. They're looking for administration. They're looking for grounds crews. They're looking for uh, web developers. They're, you know, so you have an entire, uh, you know, types of jobs that people just sometimes ignore because they, they classify a college as not or a healthcare facility as only having nursing jobs. You know that right. kind of thing. So we have the big job fair down at the Amway Center from 11 until 3 this Friday in downtown Orlando, and I'm reading here. 
that you're going to have, you know, representatives of well over, you know, 100 employers here in all sectors, well over 6,000 job openings that will be there uh, in healthcare, hospitality, education, trade skills, engineering, customer service, police, government, defense industry, and on and on it goes. Now, let me ask you this question. Is face-to-face at a job fair does that give you a better chance of landing the job of your dreams than going online for such a thing? The number one thing in anybody listening in your audience today that has been applying to jobs online, the number one thing is they apply, they never hear back from the employer. This is their opportunity, but they have to be prepared. When they meet that recruiter, they have to shake their hands, they have to smile, they have to look good. They have to be very directed what they really want to do at that company, and that requires research before they even go to the job fair. That confidence and that connection will be the key for them getting to the interview stage. And um, I tell job seekers all the time, when you talk to that recruiter, Mm -hmm. you have to get their contact information so you can reconnect to them when you're done and know what you talked about. I will tell you this, bud. Yeah. It is – Uh, If any job seekers listening out there and you don't take those words, uh, you know, and and just practice that and make sure you know how to connect back to that person, Mm -hmm. you're just going to be a person unless you have the absolute perfect background for that job, for that person, that particular day. And that is not what usually happens. Okay. And finally, in closing, do people need to apply, go online perhaps, or just show up at Amway Center on Friday? Well, they can they can uh, they can go online at our orlandojobs.com forward slash job fair and they can register and we send them information. But you can just show up at at the job fair. Parking is free at the Geico Garage. Uh-huh. Thank you to Hilton Grand and uh, uh, that that really helps out tremendously. But it, it's a it's just a great day for Central Florida. We're in a great city. We have unbelievable amount of jobs here and. Uh, a lot of people have uh, – there's a lot of people in movement too because yeah. jobs, you know, people are stagnant in wages, so they need to make a move. A lot of people work in part-time jobs. Right-o. The travel, the, you know, we're having uh, – we're going to have these uh, – a lot of people from Puerto Rico coming in, uh, and they're looking for jobs. And, and I'm telling you, it's a, it's a really interesting time here, so it's, it's exciting. Well, it's great work you and your team do at our OrlandoJobs.com and the big um, – Amway Center Job Fair and Career Expo. It is this Friday at the Amway Center from 11 until 3. If you want a better job than you've got, if you're looking for the job of your dreams, you may well find it there. Roger Lear, as always, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Always great having you on. Thank you, and and likewise. All right. Take care, my friend. Good deal. Recently, as the start of the week, I was still backing Roy Moore here. We can't let just isolated allegations from years ago destroy a man's reputation and his career, okay? But the more and more we get into this, and now we have the fifth woman coming forward on camera. She was uh, talking about it and crying about what he did, and now he cornered her in a car, and uh, she thought she was going to be raped years ago when she was 16, and he was a young DA in Alabama, thought she was going to be raped, says it was sexual assault, showed a yearbook, with Roy Moore, apparently nobody's denying it, that it was his signature. He says he doesn't even know the woman, you know, and, and he signed the yearbook in 1977, and it said the following, To a sweeter, more beautiful girl, I could not say Merry Christmas. Christmas 1977, love, Roy Moore, D.A. 
She was a high school kid. He's been imprecise in his denials. He's been saying things like, well, not generally did I date teenage girls, even though it's widely reported he he did. Been banned from a mall because he was bothering girls years ago. That's now reported, and on it goes. I can tell you that nationally in the media, the number one rock-solid supporter of uh, Roy Moore has been Fox's Sean Hannity, but... Not so much anymore. Listen to Hannity last night. For me, the judge has 24 hours. You must immediately and fully come up with a satisfactory explanation for your inconsistencies that I just showed. You must remove any doubt. If you can't do this, then Judge Moore needs to get out of this race. Hannity last night on Fox. I can tell you that as of Monday, there was a television um, um, a poll taken in Alabama, Fox 10 in Mobile, and it had more up by six over his Democratic opponent, uh, Doug Jones. There's one other poll I told you earlier uh, in the week. Jones was up by four. Another one had more up by ten. Real clear politics average up by three. But there's nothing since Monday. And frankly, my feelings have come to change, and Hannity's as well, even since Monday. I think it may be over for Roy Moore. What do the Republicans do in this situation? Just cede the, cede the seat to the Democrat? Gets Sessions in as a write-in, says he doesn't want to do that. Leave AG. I think Trump would like him out of there. Luther Strange, the one Roy Moore beat in the primary, who was endorsed by the president and Mitch McConnell, he says he's not interested. But that might split the Republican vote because a lot of folks are going to vote for Roy Moore anyway in Alabama. Maybe he'll win it. I don't know. But he's going to be on the ballot. That we know on the 12th of December. I don't know where this is going, but it's an absolute mess. I'm just having, I'm being honest with you, as I always try to be, agree or disagree here. I try to be honest. I really am honest with you and how I feel, and I don't feel the same anymore about Roy Moore. I think he needs to go. I think it's over for him, and I think it should be. What say you? 407-916-5400. Call me. Text me. 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. Yeah, before we get to your news update, um, we got a caller on the line on the issue of whether or not it is all over for Roy Moore. Yeah, it's another call from Orlando with Kyle. Good morning, Kyle. Hey, good morning. How are you doing, bud? I'm fine. So's the Debmeister. Yeah. So, anyhow, my comment, I'll make it quick because I know you're on the break. Just when you look at the culture in the South, I'm a native Floridian. Uh, my first wife was from Arkansas. And it was not uncommon practice, according to her grandmother and stuff, that they dated when they were 16, sometimes guys that were 20, 25 years older than them. Uh, and when you look at Elvis Presley, when you look at Jerry Lee Lewis, I mean, there's not much difference in, in what's going on here. The allegations of did he have misconduct is, is, is the real issue because, for a girl saying, well, he kissed me and that made me feel uncomfortable and everything like that, that that is what Elvis Presley was doing, you know, at that time and Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, but Elvis Presley, uh, when Priscilla's parents came to visit, had his guys come over and quickly move her out of the master bedroom and make it look like she had her own room. So. And we're also not aware of Elvis cornering anybody in a car. <laughs> and Jerry Lee Lewis was, the, he, had, he had major issues with that relationship. Yep. But I think the cult America looks at today 
that is so weird and strange, and it actually wasn't that uncommon in the South. Uh, okay. The parents allowed their children to, to have relationships like that. Well, the 50s and 60s, we're talking the 70s when he was the district yeah. attorney. And I agree. I'm saying it's a weird yeah. situation. It is. No question about it. And stay tuned because, Kyle, we're going to talk about this with other folks in Central Florida. Ron, stay tuned. Right after the news, we'll bring you on here. I'm um, suggesting that he might actually uh, win the election in Alabama. You know, as people circle the oh, wagons yeah. for him, he is up in the latest polling down there from one of their leading television stations, but that was a few days ago. In the meantime, Deb, we have a, a, a frankly more serious story even and much closer to home in your news. Yeah, where police in Tampa are investigating a murder they believe is linked to three other killings in a single neighborhood. Police Chief Brian Dugan told people gathered in the Seminole Heights neighborhood that the killer is an opportunist. But whoever's doing it is taking an opportunity where people are not paying attention or, or they're distracted and they're able to sneak up on them and take their life. And then they're able to vanish under the cover of darkness. The latest victim was shot yesterday morning near a memorial honoring three people who were killed within days of one another in the neighborhood in October. Police believe all four killings are connected because of their proximity to each other and the manner in which the victims were killed. He noted that the victims are not being robbed. They're just being shot and killed. Dugan assured people that they're working hard to find the killer. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Virginia school district bud is uh, apologizing for giving middle school students a quiz that included answers like trophy wife and boy toy. Oh, politically incorrect, I say. I I think it goes way beyond that. Yeah, okay. parents were upset over the family quiz worksheet handed out at Carter G. Woodson Middle School in Hopewell last week. The worksheet began with questions about the traditional family unit, but then evolved into questions about infidelity. Okay. And how old are these kids? Middle school. Oh, inappropriate, I think. The school district responded on Facebook saying the quiz was inappropriate, you you think, and was not part of approved curriculum, placing the blame on a teacher who downloaded the worksheet from, surprise, surprise, the Internet. Yeah. You know, really. We get so many of these where it just seems like common sense is nowhere to be found. You know? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people need a lot of chlorine in their gene pool. Clean it out. This item I have is for Mr. Yaffe himself. Oh, really? Yes. I'm a little worried. And it does not have to do with hot sauce or a cat. I can't believe it. The last ferry and a new Sydney Harbor fleet will be christened Ferry McFerryface. (laughs) Yes. Sydney's second favorite choice (laughs) after the now famous Jokey McMoniker, Bodie McBoatface. New South Wales state government officials overruled the most popular name for the ferry after the trendsetter was first uh, snubbed last year as a name for a British polar survey vessel. That ship eventually christened Sir David, Ad- Sir David Attenborough in honor of the naturalist and broadcaster. And Bodie McBoatface, I don't know if, you, if we talked about this, Mike, became the name of one of uh, Britain's remotely operated submarines. Oh, really? I did not know that. But Ferry McFerryface joins the ranks of Trainee McTrainface. A Swedish express train. I, I wish you, speaking of express, I wish you could see Bud's expression. And, <laughs> and Horsey McHorseface, a Sydney racehorse. Yeah. This all started after a trend started by a suggestion from, uh, from a former BBC radio host. My, my, my grandparents came from, from the UK, but I'm sorry. This nonsense, no wonder they're no longer a superpower. I'm, I mean, what is going on over there? I'm still trying to get the, 
the name of the show changed to, uh, you know, Bud McBudface or Oh, there show. you go. There you go. <laughs> Bud yeah, I like the sound of that. Show McShowface. I like it. What are you going to call him over there? <laughs> Buddy McBudface. I love it. It's very nice. I like that one, Yaffy. <laughs> I do like that name. And finally, happy yeah. hump day. If you have some free time on your hands today, it just so happens to be National Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day. And I thought it was Clean Out the Gene Pool Day. No, that was the other story. We could start there. We could start there. All right. In fact, I'd rather clean out the Gene Pool than the refrigerator, especially the one that's over across the hall. You it's don't nasty even, in the break room. Oh, you don't know what's in there. You don't even want to open the door. There's I heard, a tuna sandwich from 1989 in there. I heard something rustling in there. Yeah. And if you're doing that, uh, cleaning out the fridge, you might stumble across some interesting items. So don't forget, it's also America Recycles Day. Okay. Fair enough, Deb Meister. We're going to recycle you for a news update at the top of the hour and, of course, whenever news breaks. Absolutely. Deborah Roberts, good morning, Orlando. Doesn't get any better than that. Who else you want your news from? I love Deb on the news. The Deb Meister. Good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So what about it? Is it all over for Roy Moore? Or will the folks in Alabama, the conservatives there, circle the wagons for him? And make him the next United States senator. There's talk they may try to not seat him. Or to expel him from the Senate if he wins. That hasn't been done in 155 years. Where are you on Roy Moore today? Sean Hannity's about ready to throw in the towel. And I no longer can support him. And I was supporting him up to two days ago. Where are you on the Roy Moore story? We'll have that, and later on we'll play the Sound Judgment game. Don't call on Sound Judgment. I'm taking Roy Moore calls right now. So it's great to have you with us, and um, we'll get to that here right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Gabby, where are you on Roy Moore as of this morning? Oh, he's got to go. You think he will? uh, I don't know. That's a great question. You know, I think if Trump comes out and pressures him to leave, I think that might be... The straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. I think we may hear from the president on this today. There are indications we might now that he's, uh, you know, wheels down and back from Asia. Uh, We shall see. Let's take a look at the, um, or listen to the callers now on this. Be quick and focused, guys. I'm starting to run out of time. From Orlando, Joe on Roy Moore. Good morning. Yeah, fully support Roy Moore. Don't believe uh, the stories. And uh, I think he's going to be strong and he's not going to be afraid and fearful. And do you believe he will be elected to the United States Senate? Oh, yeah. I don't think Alabama people are going to be fooled by this garbage. Okay, fair enough. Now, Tony, though, with some concerns about Roy Moore. Good morning, Tony from Orlando. Hey, bud. Yeah. You know, you hate to put a hat on somebody, but I'm glad to hear you say child molester because this guy sounds like it sounds like he's a child molester and he's got to go. What is he doing? What is he doing? He's He's trying to destroy his own party. He's got to go. He's got to go. We've got to protect our children. These creeps in Washington, D.C. have been doing this for years. All right, Tony. Thank you. Ron with another thought on Roy Moore. Good morning to you, Ron. Welcome aboard. Good morning, bud, man. Yeah, I mean, I heard from someone that he was a born-again Christian. Yes. Now, if so, I'm sure probably all this stuff took place prior to that. So in which case, like, he's kind of like, it's a moot point. He's absolved because he's not that person anymore and stuff. You know? and, and nobody's beyond redemption. Exactly. Well, him who was without sin cast the first stone. But maybe, maybe, maybe the issue is whether or not he is lying. Do we want a liar in the Senate if he is not telling the truth? What about it? Is that a disqualifier? 
that's sort of my main one of my points is that I mean, if he, if he came out and said, "Look, folks, I may have had some misguided uh, directions in my youth, whatever, whatever," but uh, but I'm not that person anymore. I may have crossed the line, but I'm not. I, I've lived my life trying to yep. be the opposite of that and live for the whatever and stuff. Uh, along those lines, if Bill Clinton had said, "Hey, folks, it's just one of the perks of the job." I wouldn't have had a problem with it as far as I didn't have sexual relations. That there woman, you yeah. go, Ron. Listen, there's the double standard, too. Why are the Democrats, you know, as outraged over Clinton? That all needs to be revisited in this current climate, by the way. There's a real double standard going on there. On the text line, Yaffe, before we close it down. Uh, yes, but I'm getting some people that are kind of throwing out the conspiracy stuff, just like Joe did. Thinks yeah. it was a forgery. Mm. On One, the yearbook? Yeah, on the yearbook. You know, they were throwing out suggestions that that restaurant did not exist mm. back at that time. All that's been debunked. The restaurant has yeah. been proven to exist at the time, according to a phone book. Some of the pictures that have been thrown out about it being a forgery have been proven to be doctored. And it's actually Roy Moore's wife who's throwing out some of this stuff on her Facebook page, which is very interesting. Yeah, well, we'll follow this today. We may have a, a you know a climactic moment. Who knows what the president's going to do? Tell you what, that's it on Roy Moore. Let's go out on a high note and a fun note and give away a nice prize to one of our fantastic listeners. We're playing our sound judgment game, and you're going to go to one of the great November events in all of Central Florida. Good eating, good drinking, good times. You're going to love this prize. If you haven't won sound judgment in 30 days, you're eligible, okay? Let's play the game. Let's clear out the other lines here, Stephanie, and let's go sound judgment only at 407-916-5400. Call me now and lock in, 407-916-5400. I want you to be our prize winner. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Sound judgment coming right up. All right, we saved the... The real fun for last is we got our daily sound judgment game right now. And, Stephanie, I can taste that prize from here. What you got? So, bud, we have a four-pack of tickets to the 18th annual Taste of Orlando at the Waterford Lakes Town Center on Saturday, November 18th. It's an all-day family-friendly food festival with delectable tastes and beverages, sampling with live entertainment, a kid's zone, a man cave, and more. Proceeds benefit the mustard seed of Central Florida. Which is a great cause, and if somebody goes down with the wrong answer, you can still win that great prize, those tickets, to the uh, Taste of Orlando, 407-916-5400. Be ready to call. So for today's sound judgment, we turn to President Trump and a hot topic earlier on our show, by the way. President Trump was back in Washington after his big trip to Asia. He got a lot accomplished during his five-nation tour and even managed to get three Americans freed. I want you to listen to some sound of the president on that. Then use your sound judgment to tell me what the president's talking about here. It's a very, very uh, rough situation with what happened to them. And I was with him. Yes, he is. And he's, uh, he's been terrific. President Xi has been terrific on that subject. But that was not a good subject. That was not something that should have happened. What is the president talking about there? We talked about it earlier on the show. Go ahead, line one. You're first. Line one, gone. Opportun- opportunity knocks, 407-916-5400. That line is now open, 407-916-5400. We go next to line two. What's the president talking about? There's no idea. He hung up on me, too. What's going on here? Let's go to line three. Any idea, line three? Yeah, the UCLA basketball players. Absolutely right. The ones detained in China. 
for stealing sunglasses. He, they could have gone to the slammer for five or ten years in communist China, and the president got them off the hook, and they're back. They got lucky. Yeah, they sure doggone well did, and I hope they credit the president for it, although we haven't heard anything along those lines yet. Congratulations on winning our prize today. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. What's your first name? I'll write you a note. Uh, my name's my name's Brian, and I listen to you every morning, bud. Great Thank you, show. Brian. How do you spell Brian? You got a Y or an I in there? It's an I. Got it. Where are you calling in from? What town? Kissimmee. Good deal. And thank you so much for being with us from Kissimmee here this morning. Congratulations on winning the Taste of Orlando tickets. We'll work it out. You and uh, Stephanie off air, okay, my friend? Okay, thanks a lot, bud. You have a great day, bud. Yeah, you too as well. And it's great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch, Brian, and congratulations to you. We're going to wrap things up here right now. I can tell you that right after the news update at the top of the hour with Deb, stay tuned for our continuing keyword text-to-win contest. Listen for the new keyword right after the news. Text that keyword immediately to 200-200, and you could be our $1,000 winner. And by the way, if you, if you get a call that says, caller unknown, answer it. It could be us telling you you've won 1000 bucks. Our keyword contest coming right up. That'll do it for Good Morning Orlando on a Wednesday morning from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Always great being with you. Thanks to the rest of the team here as well. Deborah Roberts on the news. Yaffe executive producing and our brand new screener doing such a terrific job for us. Stephanie, we'll look for you tomorrow morning. In the meantime, have a great day. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America.